What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Space Talk. Hello. My name is Athena Brensberger. I am your host. And what we do on this podcast is, well, we talk about everything space. Um, and I'm so excited for today's episode specifically because we have our very first guest here on Space Talk. And I couldn't think of anyone better than someone who's named Dr. Intergalactic. Um, I'm going to read of a quick bio on him. He's already ready to chat with all of us. Um, and then we're going to go ahead and hop into uh, some interview questions I put together to learn a little bit more about what he's doing and how he's making an extraordinary impact um, just in the world in general, in the science community and also in entertainment. And also, um, towards the end of the podcast, I will open up this episode to all of my listeners who might want to call in and ask a question. So um, definitely stick around for that if you want to do the Q&A at the end. All right, I'm going to read his bio really quick, and then he will jump in and say hello. So his proper name, other than Dr. Intergalactic, is Dr. Jose Mori. And he is a leader in technology innovation. He's also the founder and CEO of Ad Astra Media, which is a STEAM, so STEM with the A in there, so for art, STEAM edutainment company providing role models and educational STEAM content to encourage more diversity in STEAM-related fields, focusing on making STEAM resources and educational content accessible for underrepresented communities. He is an advisor to the Forbes Technology Council, NASA, and a fellow for the Eisenhower Foundation. He has served as Associated Chief Health Officer for IBM Watson Health, where he's led the research and development of advanced medical AI technologies in the U.S. and internationally, from idea stage to commercialization. Woo, there's, a, there's some more here, but that is just so exciting already. I have so many questions about that portion. Continuing on with everything that he's done, he served as Chief Medical Innovator Officer for Liberty Biosecurity and Chief Innovative Officer for Hyperloop Transportation Technologies. Who's heard about Hyperloop? I definitely have, and I'm excited to learn a little bit more about that. Dr. Mori is the faculty is part of faculty at Singularity University, where he leads exponential technology, innovation, and human augmentation curricula. He sits on the Education Admission Committee for the Space Foundation and on the Admissions Committee for the Space Technology Hall of Fame. He's an international speaker on AI and technology innovation and has co-authored over 75 abstracts, book chapters, peer-reviewed articles, and often featured on Forbes, Univision, CNBC, and NASA 360. He recently um, authored a book called Latinx Business Success, which is the number one hit on Amazon in several categories. He serves as a technology and business advisor for MIT, NASA, UVA, African Innovation Alliance, U.S. Polish Alliance for Innovation, and has served as special envoy to the Polish Space Agency. Wow, that is probably one of the most impressive bios I have ever read. Um, that is so good. So without further ado, please help me welcome Dr. Intergalactic, Jose Mori. Hello, hello, Jose. What's up? How's it going? Athena, thank you so much. Space Talk, I'm happy to be here. Hello to all your viewers. 
Um, awesome to be here. I really appreciate it. I really love the way you even gave the intro. I think we need to hire you. To, well, I'm going to hire you just to kind of narrate my life as I walk. <laughs> uh, it would really help my self-esteem, I believe. Oh, man. Well, I mean, you have such an impressive just um, amount of work that you've done and even just to how much of a commitment you have to actually bringing all of this incredible stuff that is held within the science community um, and technology to everyone possible, even the youngsters, the, the kiddos, and especially in underrepresented communities. So I'm really thank you for, for all the work that you've done. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's it's something that you shouldn't at all feel like as if like you need a self esteem boost because you you've done so much. It's incredible. I appreciate it, but as as you know, as everybody else knows, everyone sees everyone sees the highlights, right? Yeah. Uh, and any kind of accolades or any kind of achievements really is is laid on a foundation of a lot of failure. So it's uh, it's way more failure than success. You just gotta you just gotta keep going. Yeah, what what an incredible thing to say. I think we chat quite a lot. One of our first few episodes um, has been kind of talking about where we've all gotten to where we are today um, in whatever area we're in, whether it's astronomy or it's um, ent entertainment or it's somewhere in the art field or education field. Um, a few of our callers that are listening right now have joined and we, I've learned about their stories and we talk a lot about also, yeah, our failures, our struggles and how we've gotten to where we are today. Um, so I, I love that you mentioned that. I'm going to send out one quick reminder about this app. In the bottom right, we can send an emoji. So I'd love for you guys throughout the chat, if you hear something you like or you just want to send through an emoji, you can send it a party hat, a rocket ship or whatever it is. Um, and so I wanted to mention that also, Jose, in case you wanted to maybe ask the audience to say, hey, if you guys have heard about this, you know, maybe send the rocket. It could be fun. Um, but I want to go ahead and get into the first question here. Uh, I've put together quite a few, so might as well jump in. Uh, and the first is probably the most obvious. Um, it has to do with your name. I love the name Dr. Intergalactic. So where did that start and how did you come up with that? Uh, I love the emojis, by the way. So I'm kind of, I got kind of distracted, but uh, <laughs> the way it started, it's funny. Funny you should mention it. Um, I it, honestly, I thought it was a joke when when someone first mentioned it to me. Uh, it was a buddy of mine who texted to me. He's like, um, "So hey, Doctor Intergalactic, how's the stars or something like that?" And I and I was just perplexed. I, you know, I was befuddled. I was like, "What? What? What are you talking about? Like, I, why are you calling me this? Why are you even? This is such a random text to get." And um, so I asked him, I go, what are, you, what are you talking about, man? And he was like, um, you haven't seen the article? I go, no, what article? And so he forwarded me an article. Apparently it was an article that someone wrote a couple years ago um, about me. And, and they kind of just tied together the fact that, you know, I was at the time I was at IBM and I was uh, working on various projects, both with NASA iTech and with Hyperloop. And they, they mentioned all these things that, you know, he's a physician, he's an MD, but he works on all these futuristic applications and he even works with, you know, and space technology, emerging technology. He's pretty much the first intergalactic doctor. And that's kind of, that's where it started. Um, but, you know, and I thought it was funny. It was a pretty obscure article and I didn't think anything of it. Um, but then I was, a couple of years later, I was on Univision, one of the Spanish network uh, big Spanish networks, and they were interviewing me for you know one of their Good Morning, like Good Morning America show kind of thing, but the Spanish counterpart, uh, the Pianta America, um, and that was the very first question that came out from the interviewer. They're like, well, "So tell us why you're the first intergalactic doctor." So it had been a few years before 
you know, before anyone kind of brought it up in, in a public domain. Uh, but it was the very first thing, and people seemed to really respond to it. They seemed to really like like the name. Um, so that's where I had the idea to turn it into like a cartoon character. And if if you look, if anybody goes to our, our website at Astra Steam Media, or if, if you Google at Astra and, and my name at all, you'll see our we have a little character who we call him, and you can see it on my profile image. Uh, we use him a lot in our animations and our illustrations. So we turned him into a little character that we call Dr. Intergalactic. Uh, and he's the one that, you know, writes the books and uh, takes the kids on their journeys in space and, and teaches them about STEM and STEAM. So that's kind of, that's how it originated. I didn't even think anything of it, but it's, it's taken a life of its own. And now, now we're trying to use it uh, to kind of inspire the next generation. Gosh, I, I love that so much. Um, I think if anyone, if you guys have your computer in front of you, definitely check out. Um, there's a bunch of comics that you've also put together with Dr. Intergalactic, this illustration, this character. Um, and you call it Intergalactic Academy. Is that right? Is that the name of the comic strip? Yep. Yeah, it's Intergalactic Academy. So, yeah, so we, we have a lot of content. So uh, we are a, we're a social impact company, so we do have uh, things that we sell through Amazon and through our website and, and, and um, Barnes and Nobles and all the major book distributors. But our, our focus is really to inspire kids from underserved communities to go into STEM and STEAM. So all our characters tend to be very diverse. And by diversity, we talk about um, not just ethnicity, but gender, gender identity, neurodiversity and disability. So it's really all disability, all diversity uh, and representation. So we have characters that have all these different backgrounds uh, so that we can give kids someone that looks like them, whether it looks like them because their hair is the same or their skin tone is the same or they speak the same or same religion or whatever it is. Whatever makes the kid unique, we want them to find a character that they, they can be inspired by and they can dream about being someday. Uh, but we have a lot of free content as well because we want teachers and parents and everybody to just kind of have stuff out there that is is diverse in representation and that people can use to just dream about what they can be. Oh, that's and that's so important. Um, and that's I think what's so great and I think unique when it comes to comics and illustrations is I think there's something so relatable with kids when they see cartoons or like like comics. Like I used to, I grew up on the Archie comics. I loved also Marvel and DC and sort of seeing how um, science is tied together with these mm -hmm. illustrations, I think that can just expand through so many different age groups, which is really cool. Um, I'm currently on the Building Strong um, comic strip. So again, you guys should totally go to webtoons.com and then type in um, Intergalactic Academy and check some of these out. There's this one of Here's Dr. Intergalactic, and one of the students, it looks like she's dressed up in an astronaut suit, mm -hmm. and she's trying to build a bridge, and, um, you know, is, is struggling, and then Dr. Intergalactic's like, I'm sure we can figure it out together, and that is something that is, I think, really helpful for, for kids to sort of see, not just the aspect of like uh you know building stuff and, and having success in science but sort of like what you were saying earlier jose about sort of the failures and also asking for help and having help from from others um and i and i love that so i just want to point that out and also it's it's the, a girl is like the main character with dr intergalactic and she has braces and i know that also is a really important thing as a kid if you have braces you want to see other kids who have braces too because it's relatable it's something that um you can think oh i guess yeah everyone has these so i'm not so weird for having it yeah so 
I love that. It's the thing that kids pick up on first. That they find the thing that reminds them. I think a, a perfect example that it really encompasses what we're trying to do. I'm sure everyone's probably seen that uh, that viral photo and maybe seen the parents of that little boy who saw himself or thought he thought he saw himself in the movie Encanto. The yeah. With the hair. Uh, uh-huh. And that and that's the thing. Finding inspiration. There, there's representation is so important. Um, and that's why, that's why we're doing what we're doing. That's why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you're an inspiration to, uh, all these future generations of, uh, of girls and, and young women that want to be, want to go into science or want to go into space. And that's why having voices out there like yours and others, uh, is so important. Oh, well, th- well, thank you for, for, for saying that and, and pointing that out. Actually, that brings me perfectly into the next question, which is, um, exactly what you do with Ad Astra Media. So how do you achieve the goal of increasing representation and diversity in STEM? So like, what actions do you take? How do you find and provide role models? Uh, and what exactly does that mean? And, and why would you say that's important? There's a lot of follow up there, but um, just to sort of help get any wheels turning in your mind for how to answer the question. Just really curious about what you do with Ad Astra Media um, and, and how you, you look for role models and how that impacts kids. Yeah. We don't need wheels. We need our rockets, right? Send me some rockets, guys. I need some Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it, it's it's twofold. It's, oh, thank you, whoever sent a rocket. Um, so it's, oh, more rockets. Uh, so <laughs> I got to look away. Um, it's, it's multifaceted. It's one, um, if we don't tell our stories, who will kind of thing. So there, it's not like, it's not like there's not representation. It's not like there's not amazing women in science or amazing African-Americans in science or Hispanics in science or people, uh, non-hearing people in science. There are, but their stories aren't being told. So that's one part is uh, bringing that representation uh, to the forefront and, and, and bringing those things. And we have some adult content that we're focusing. We have a, a new book that hopefully will be coming out this summer. Uh, right now it's called Heroes and Heroines. And I interviewed a bunch of diverse uh, people within science um, to highlight them. So that's one thing is to be able to tell those stories that are out there. But the other one is really to, to, you need to catch them early. So a lot of the data shows us that kids really start dreaming about what they can be and kind of forming the possibilities, uh, of, of themselves, of the art of the possible of who I could be, uh, really, really young in the preschool kind of three, four, five, six year old age group. Uh, and, and we see that at that age group, uh, girls, BIPOC kids, LGBTQ+, plus, uh, there's a, a pretty uh, even distribution of kids that are really interested in STEM and STEAM fields, uh, but they, we need to make sure that we're catching everyone and we're giving people role models. I, I remember you know, a story about Mae Jameson, there's so many other ones where, but you know, she talked about seeing Uhura on the original Star Trek, right? And that really inspired her to go in, into space. So it's really those, those small things are like that little boy who just saw himself on Encanto, you know, what, what he is dreaming, he kind of, that kind of starts being personifications and, and, and kind of a, a vision of, of what they could do. So if, if we have diverse characters in these STEM roles in, in, in media and entertainment, then kids can start finding role models uh, in those things. And that's why if you go and, and talk to kids in underserved communities, you know, a lot of them see themselves. I'll take myself. I'm from Puerto Rico. So talk to kids from my background. You know, they, they tend to see themselves as maybe going out and playing baseball, potentially basketball, but baseball is a little more popular for us, uh, or going into some sort of um, entertainment, right? Being a reggaetonero for your audience that may not know, but there's a lot of New Yorkers that hear, so, you know, like Spanish rap, Puerto Rican rap. Um, those are some of the things that they kind of envision or potentially see themselves. 
Um, but when you start asking to asking kids, well, you know, who's the scientist you follow? Who's your favorite? You know, who's your favorite engineer? Who's your favorite astronaut? It's usually pretty pretty much crickets, right? There's few and far between uh, of people that they tend to look up to. So, uh, making sure that they have those role models, whether they they come from a fictional story or, or whether they're real, that's that's what we're doing. So. We create media across all spectrums. We have books for – we have a, a Good Night STEM series, uh, which we we create um, a different characters. So we have Artemis Lopez, who is our little astronaut. Um, we have Leland, who is our little doctor. We have Jane, who is our little astronomer. And we actually uh, released that one in collaboration with the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Uh, and we have Leo, who's our little non-hearing boy, who who's a veterinarian. And we have a, a bunch of new books that are coming out. So that's for, for that age group. But then we find that the data shows us that even though we might have an equal demographic when they're young, we tend to lose girls. We tend to lose LGBTQ+. We tend to lose BIPOC um, kids when they reach middle school and beyond. And a lot of it, when you ask these kids or what the data shows us, is that they feel like they don't have a place they feel like they're out of place like the commu- there's not a community there for them whatever that community may be however they they however they they view themselves they don't find that representation in the people around them um and unfortunately just like with so many other other industries you know there's a lot of pervasive misogyny and patriarchy and a lot of things that keep other people that don't look like what is there out of that domain so making sure that we create content at those age groups and beyond is very important to keep those kids inspired and keep them dreaming. And hopefully, hopefully they can find their own family and their own people through the content that we're creating. Wow. Yeah. You, you, you really touched on every single question. So I just want to give you major kudos for that. That was so awesome, by the way. Um, I guess, you know, while you were speaking, it made me think about, you know, when I was growing up. And, um, and, and now being, in, being in the science industry for like, you know, 10 plus years, being around so many incredible, uh, diverse individuals that are in all different, like aspects of science. So whether they're in like chemistry, bio, astronomy, maybe the arts, the graphic design, whatever it is, I've gotten so kind of accustomed to the, to my community and, and seeing people from all walks of life looking all different ways that I almost forget that some of the most important things that we have to do is actually make some of the stuff, for instance. So like whether it's a comic or it's a book or it's videos and sharing that because there are, that's going to ripple throughout the generations after us. And there was, and like you mentioned, there, there was kind of a, a scarcity of um, just like, things to, to sort of watch and grow up on. I mean, for sure, we all probably remember like Bill Nye, the science guy. Like, you know, I, I grew up knowing about like Cosmos and Neil deGrasse Tyson and Carl Sagan. But sort of outside of that, there there wasn't as much until about the early 2000s, I would say, um, like for including like, like Nickelodeon, including like shows that talk about science. And so that's, I think, when we start seeing maybe the major turning point. But even then, you know, being 22 years later, um, there, I think that this is now a more important time, if not ever, to, to actually now have those who are, who've made it to the science community, who are doing something, whether they're researchers or they're content creators, to now share that with others. Um, so because that, that really is a is, is a huge and important thing. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're doing that. Um, before I get to uh, my next question, I wanted to bring up um, 
a NASA press release that's all in Spanish. It's about the first woman. Um, the title is La NASA Traduce, oh, wait, Traduce al Español La Primera Mujer. Muy so, bien. Muy bien. <laughs> muchísimas gracias. Gracias. Uh, I actually need to practice. Necesito practicar uh, Español. Um, ¿Quieres hacer esto en español o lo quieres hacer en inglés? Depend on your audience. Like, we, we can have a multilingual channel. I was kind of thinking about that. It might be fun, but it's been a while for me. Um, I, I lived in Mexico City for a little bit, so I started to learn. I've spoke a lot more fluent when I lived there, but that was about four or five years ago. Um, so maybe you and I can have, like, a... <laughs> A separate episode where we where I can practice a little bit more because now I'm turning all I'm like sweating and turning red trying to come up with, <laughs> trying to like remember how to how to have like full non broken uh, Spanish sentences. But you're, you're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, we, <laughs> well. We, we thank you. Start a, a Spanish space talk. That would be that would be really fun. Actually, um, I think it's it's really important. I've mentioned this in my last episode that more people. Uh, explored more than one language, you know, it'd be like multifaceted speaking so many languages because of just how like, yeah, just linguistically diverse the human race is. I mean, like the, it's really, we should definitely do it. Um, and regardless, if we go to space, you know, it's really important to learn a bunch of these bunch of different languages anyway, other than English. Um, but with that being said, uh, can you tell me a little bit about what this press release is? Did you did you take part in writing this? Um, yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. So we worked we worked with uh, the translations uh, for Primera Mujer. So NASA created uh, their their first immersive graphic novel um, called First Woman, and it's freely available. Um, and they uh, National Institute of Aerospace is the the folks who worked with them to actually do it. Uh, and they asked us to help them with the Spanish translation aspect of it. Uh, so we got to work on it. And you'll actually, if you listen to Spanish content of it, you'll see some of our translations. And you'll actually hear my voice in some of the expan expansion videos. Um, and I was actually sick during the time that I did some of the voice. Oh, no. Like, you know how it is in, in, in this field? Sometimes it, it, you get a project and people are like, oh, we need it yesterday. And you're like, yeah. No, I was actually sick when I was recording it. Uh, so I sound a little bit more sultry than I normally do. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, you'll hear my voice on some of the videos uh, in the Spanish content version. The English version has more bells and whistles because it was the one that was built first. So for your audience, it's really cool. Honestly, I think it's cool for anybody. You can go to the website uh, and they have uh, like augmented reality and virtual reality applications for the English version. The Spanish version just has videos um, that are associated with it, but still cool. Uh, but yeah, we got to work on that project. We've worked with Infiniscope, uh, with Arizona State University, uh, on their Infiniscope project. And there should, we're working on getting that into Spanish now as well. Uh, so we're really excited that that content will be available. Infiniscope is, is openly available for, in English for, for kids and adults that want to learn about space science. If, if anybody goes to infiniscope.com, you can see that. But we're going to have that in Spanish here soon. Uh, so yeah, so that's one of the things that we help people do is to try to get uh, content that's already out there in English when we, when we try to diversify into a community and our original content and stuff that's our own, uh, we, we produce it in English, we have it in Spanish, uh, we have uh, for the early childhood books, we have it in bilingual, both English and Spanish together. So if, if parents or educators are interested in, in having that kind of education as well. And once, and then something that we did um, that we work with different uh, 501c, 501c3s is uh, once we saw, you know, 
the 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 issues that were happening when when America pulled out of Af- Afghanistan. You know, we had a lot of new new neighbors that came over from Afghanistan that helped us for so many years, right? And even before that, there were plenty of people that were coming over, but we had a new influx of folks. So we decided to do what we could with what we were doing. So we decided to translate our content into Dari and Pashto, uh, which are the two most commonly spoken dialects um, in uh, in Afghanistan. So we have over like 50,000 kids here that uh, either speak very little English and only speak Dari and Pashto and even their families. We have over 100,000 folks that came over so we translated our content, uh, at least those books, into into Dari and Pashto, and we started creating also bilingual Dari English and Pashto English. And we have a, a bunch of projects throughout with different organizations uh, that, if anyone's interested in, in funding a project, uh, you know that we uh, essentially send our books to these communities to help them, so they have something because there's like no content here at all. Uh, for these families, they they came over. They're in a new place, you know, kind of dislocated from their their homes, and they have nothing nothing for them. So we have our books that we've translated into those, and we've been able to help several communities uh, here locally in Virginia, where I'm based. And we have larger projects that we're looking to to collaborate with to get this this content out to to these families all over the country. If um, anyone wanted to invest, is that over on um, Ignite Social Impact? I'm looking at your page um, yeah, at Astro yeah. Media. If, well, if anyone wants to invest directly into us, yeah, we're 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 currently in an equity CF raise. We're opening it up, and anyone that wants to invest in our company can go through Ignite Social Impact. Um, but if they're looking to you know support a particular particular project, they can just reach out to us via social media or the website if there's one or two projects that they're they're interested in. Awesome. I'll make sure also to share that in the bio once we publish this episode so that all those links are there um, so that everyone everyone has that. Um, I think you said something that was really important, which was um, it really stood out to me. You were mentioning having uh, copies that are uh, kind of like a mix between English and Spanish. Um, and especially you were mentioning if, say, like maybe you are a content creator or you're, you know, you're, you're working in education and you want to share this aspect. I think that Learning another language um, at a younger age, and especially when it's topic-based, whether it's like you're watching a movie or you're listening to music in another language or you're learning specifically like, you know, say it's a book on astronomy and it's both in English and Spanish. I think that that really can help like increase the memorization aspect of maybe the the language that's not native to whatever it is for you. So for me, the, the if I was doing this and I was younger, um, I've think that learning the Spanish equivalency of certain words in English would just be so much more impactful for me to then grow up and become bilingual, and especially in the field of astronomy. Um, and so I personally would be interested in actually like getting a copy of one of those because um, that is something that you don't see a lot. Like you mentioned, where, where there are other languages talking about a lot of these subjects. One of my favorite um, Instagram accounts I follow is the Arabian Stargazer. And every content video that she makes is translated in Arabic and also in English. And um, she does such a phenomenal job. And um, that has really, I think, allowed a, a massive expansion for that subject matter to reach kids who don't speak English, who speak Arabic. Um, and that, I think, will end up leaving kind of a a long-term generational impact on so many um like just kids worldwide around the entire globe um 
who maybe wouldn't have had access to that stuff before because because maybe they just didn't learn English or their parents don't speak English. And um, that's that's something I think really extraordinary. Um, I'm curious, Jose, if you have you made um, like video content before of also of yourself, like on YouTube or anything like that? Um, have you thought about it? So, yeah, we're starting to create more this year. I mean, we've worked. Um, so one of our brands that we have a minority stake in is actually Space Racers, which has been on Netflix before. It's on YouTube. Uh, so people can check out Space Racers and, and invite you to go and follow them on our YouTube channel because they're part of they're part of us as well. Um, and then we've worked with different groups. So we create content for people as well. So we create content, either 2D animation, 3D animation. So we do work uh, for individuals, not just our own. We actually, that's actually how we started was creating content for other people. So if anyone's really interested, uh, you can check out um, the stuff that's on our website. So you can see it at Astro Media. You can check out Space Racers. You can check out, you know, uh, the stuff at uh, the Primera Mujer, the NASA graphic novel. You can see that. Uh, so you can see all the different things that we've worked on. The Space Racers, again, it, that's for younger kids as well, so three to five. Um, and right now uh, we're on YouTube, but pretty soon you're going to be seeing us on some other streaming services. So uh, be on the lookout for that in the next couple of months. It's going to be an exciting time. Ooh, awesome. I'll definitely share um, those as well in the in the bio after this so that everyone, you guys can have the links to everything that we've been chatting about um, in this episode. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Space Racers because that brings me perfectly to the next question because uh, I believe Space Racers was tied to um, you sending a toy up to space. Was Is that correct? An inspiration for? Yeah, yeah. So we did. So yeah, it was really great. So a, a collaboration for, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure your entire audience knows inspiration for, but for maybe... The, the, the folks that uh, do not, Inspiration 4 was a, a mission that uh, was done in collaboration with St. Jude's Hospital, uh, the big uh, cancer children's hospital that is based out of Memphis and have a, a couple hospitals throughout the, throughout the U.S. Um, so it was all a fundraising event to raise, uh, raise funds for them. So we were able to send Space Racers toys uh, on that uh, on that mission. So it went up and it, uh, it went around the world and we came down and then we've sold it for to raise funds for, for Space Racers or for St. Jude's. Um, so, and we're going to be working on some new projects coming out of St. Jude's as well uh, this year. So there's going to be really cool new things uh, that are coming out from that perspective. And we have collaborations with University of Texas. Uh, if anyone's interested in those, we focus on developing graphic novels by Latinx kids, for Latinx kids. It's it's through a professor there called Professor Latinx, uh, Federico Aldama, who's done amazing work uh, in diversity, equity, inclusion, um, not just for Hispanics, but also for LGBTQ plus and girls. Um, and there's, and then we're, we're going to be announcing a new collaboration with UC Berkeley here in the next, uh, probably two, three weeks, uh, for a new project that we're doing with them. Um, and, and then we have a, a lot of fun projects coming out of all over the place We're we're just doing a lot and, and it's fun. And apparently we're going to be working on, um, the Spanish version of space talk with, Astro Afton. <laughs> yes. Everyone pay attention to that. That's going to be, that's going to be new and dropping. Uh, but yeah, but you're absolutely right. You, you, if you translate things or it, it just reaches new audiences. And that's one of the reasons if you see um, like intergalactic Academy, we have kids from all over the world, right. That have representation and, and it's important and people see it and you can reach, if you're a creator and you can reach so many more people and it just expands your presence so much more when you, when you can expand into these other other languages and it's 
and, and it's so important. And when it comes to STEM and STEAM, it's also important um, as a nation and uh, as an industry because as you become more diverse within the industry, that's really powerful for innovation, right? If if everyone mm-hmm. comes from the same background, same perspective, same education, uh, and they have problem X, then usually solution Z is going to be very similar if everyone comes from a similar background. Yeah. But when you have diverse folks at the table, <clears throat> excuse me, that's really when you get into innovative times because everybody sees the problem a little bit differently and everybody comes with a slightly different. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're completely right on that. And I think uh, it's so cool that you've started uh, so many different initiatives where people can actually get involved. Sounds like a lot of it is outreach. A lot of it is creative too, which is really cool. Um, I know specifically just a, a few of my listeners that are here right now are involved in science, involved in space, and they want to get involved in more of the communication, the psychom aspect or the, the edutainment actually specifically as you put in your bio, which I love that, uh, educational entertainment. And I, I really encourage anyone listening to reach out to Ad Astra Media, uh, chat to Jose specifically, and maybe share what, what how you might want to be involved. Because I think um, the fact that you've made this, Jose, is so incredible because now it's a, a place that people can go to. The fact that, you know, you've worked with, with NASA, you've worked with uh, Webtoons, you've worked with Inspiration4, um, that is so, uh, I think, just that really that really shows that's like the proof is in the pudding type of uh metaphor which i don't use metaphors a lot but that <laughs> that's really that. <laughs> if you're gonna relearn spanish spanish there's so many metaphors so many sayings like yeah doing this in spanish i would have so we call them dichos right and there'd be so many i mean my i, <laughs> I just kind of like i open my mouth and they just kind of come out i sweat these sayings they were just kind of infused into me and like grandma's cooking kind of thing it's just ridiculous Oh, that's so great. I, I love that. Um, so I do have a follow-up question for Inspiration4. Um, what, what, what toy did you send up or what toys? And how could you have possibly chosen a toy out of all the incredible toys that are out there? What, um, which one went and how did you go about choosing it? Yeah, so it really, as you know, um, you, I mean, you're so much smarter than me in, in this and your audience probably is too, but a lot of it, it has to do just with weight and capacity. Um, <laughs> yeah. so we, we had to kind of bear that in mind, uh, when the, when we sent things up. So we ended up sending, uh, I think it was a couple of, uh, four packs of our space racer planes, uh, and then a couple of our plush toys, uh, went, went up, uh, but it was all really based on, uh, residual capacity for weight and, uh, and limitations in size so that it, it really was more of a mathematical decision <laughs> they're like all right this is this is like the weight and dimensions of of the packaging that we have what can we actually put into the cargo kind of thing so that's not not as uh not as creative or as fancy as perhaps you'd actually want to want to know but that's that's the the truth of the matter that's how it was decided oh it's so great i totally pictured something like a, a totally different scenario. I picture just having a bunch of toys lined up and then just like someone with like a clipboard saying, oh, let's see, which one do we want to choose? <laughs> like tap the teddy bear and choose the, the airplane. It's great that you still were able to send. I was thinking you were going to say like a deck of cards or something. It's great. You're able to still send up like, a, a, you know, an airplane, a small like model airplane and, yeah. and other things. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Inspiration 4 definitely was uh, such a huge mission. We spoke about it here before on Space Talk. I'm actually hoping to get 
get um, Dr. Cyan Proctor on uh, a future episode of Space Talk. Um, she, I'm not sure if you uh, got to spoke with her, if you had a chance to speak with her at all, Jose. Um, she was the co-pilot um, on the mission. I'm not sure if you got to speak with any of them, but uh, I have the honors of, of meeting her, knowing her through uh, social media uh, during COVID. She started um, Space Talk, fa- like, oh, sorry, not Space Talk. She started like Fashion Fridays, uh, chatting about just different things in science and space on Facebook. And that's how we met. Um, and so when she got chosen for that mission, I, I lost my mind. But did you get a chance to speak either with her or uh-huh. any of the crew? Yeah, unfortunately, no. We, you know, we space racers we collaborated with St. Jude's directly, so uh, okay. we didn't get to t- we didn't get to work with any of the astronauts. Uh, we didn't get to work with any of the technical folks or any of the cool people that you got to work with. <laughs> uh, we worked specifically with the foundation and the on the on the St. Jude side. Um, but yeah, but St. Jude's pretty cool. And we're pretty cool too over here. So now now yeah. you spoke to us and them. How's that? Yeah, no, that's that's really incredible, and uh, maybe in like a future episode, I can reach out to to St. Jude's and just have, um, yeah, have have a conversation with everyone um, about that mission. Because so many so many good things are still coming out of, I think, what that mission was was all about, and all the money that they made and uh, that they they raised, um, which is just yeah, it's just so incredible. Um, so I, I want to, yeah. Oh no, I was just to say yeah, I love I love that mission, and I and I love space, I love what you talk about specifically because. It's a place that you know we're all we're all aliens there. We're all one species there. There's so many things down here that tend to divide us, and I, I see space as a as a place that can ideally you know unify us because we're all strangers there, um, and that's something that we can all have a, a commonality around. So that's that's kind of the, the 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 way I view the nirvana of space and space science that we hopefully can bring people together. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, when did you first get into space? Were you really young? Um, well, I don't. I'm, I'm, not, I'm old now, but um, <laughs> when did I really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always been, and I use these terms in daring. I've always been a nerd and a geek, right? So, uh-huh. um, I love sci-fi. I love fantasy. Always growing up, I used to. I mean, I would prefer to watch, you know, Star Trek. I was a next generation kid, so you can kind of figure out my when I was born. Um, so, Love the next generation. So yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was my favorite. I mean, but I watched Deep Space Nine and, you know, Voyager and all, all this as well. I wasn't into the original as much, obviously, because it was, it was a little, a little bit before my time. Um, but, and then obviously Star Wars and, and there's so many great sci-fi and space and space uh, types of, of shows. And those are all, all things that kind of inspired me to go into science in general. Right. Um, and now it's kind of full circle because honestly, when I was younger, um, I wasn't, even though I was good at school and good in, in, in the STEM and STEAM fields, I really, I wanted to be a thespian. I really wanted to go into, I wanted to be an actor or be in, uh, you know, a playwright or something like that. That's what, what inspired me. Uh, but, uh, but I ended up studying medicine. So, uh, now I, I guess life is a bit full circle. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool, and I think you're not the first person that I've met or spoken to, including myself, who's uh, wanted to sort of go down uh, a path that's a little bit more steering towards the arts. 
um, and then has ended up finding themselves in, in more heavily involved in science. Um, so I know that we're closing up here on we're, we're a little bit over the, the, the we're a lot over the thirty minute mark. So um, if you have a little bit more time, Jose, I'd love to ask you just a couple more questions, and then maybe open it up. Well, one more question, then open up to the audience. Please, or would you I, have to... I am here for you and your audience, my friend. I, I appreciate the the opportunity, and I appreciate. Uh, the mission that you're doing. And I'm, I'm happy to be a part of your village to kind of push it forward. That's awesome. Oh, good. I'm so, so happy to hear that. Um, so my question is, have you ever seen a rocket launch before? So I grew up in Florida um, and I never saw a rocket launch, not live. <gasps> no, I've never seen one. But growing up in Florida, back when the shuttle program was there, we, we would always know when a shuttle was coming back in because they would forewarn us because we, you know, we'd hear the uh, the sonic boom and 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 the windows and the buildings would would kind of rattle. So, uh, wow. was around Space Coast a lot, but never saw never saw a live launch. Seen plenty of launches on on TV, but never a live launch. <gasps> we have to change that. I think that that would be something, especially because of growing up watching sci-fi and like being really interested in just not only I mean, you're doing so much in science in the science industry in general, but the fact that. Um, yeah, the fact that you haven't seen a launch, I mean, it is so, I mean, it, it really, it, it's such a strange thing to see at first because it's unlike anything else that we've really seen. When it first starts to happen, you might think maybe it looks similar to sort of a sunrise, but the yeah. fact that you know that it's people that built that, and sometimes if you see a launch with people on it, it, it can just be so incredible. Um, since you've partnered with NASA before, I'm curious if uh, and anyone can apply to this. It's called the NASA Socials Program. Um, it is such a great program. I've done it three times already. Um, it's usually the, for those who have some type of social media like account. Doesn't have to be. They're they're looking for really anyone. Doesn't have to be science based. Doesn't have to be a big audience either. Um, it just applying and sort of you write a, uh, an essay saying why you're interested to see this launch and how, you know, you would share this with, the, you know, those in your life, your family, your friends, or of course on social media. Um, and it's such a great experience. Uh, so have you, if you, have you heard about the program, Jose? I have, and I've actually applied to it and I've actually been accepted to it. So <gasps> I was going to go see a launch, but as you know, and as your audience knows, uh, Launches sometimes can be, uh, most of the times, tend to be delayed. So yep. I think, I forget which launch it was that I got accepted for the National Socials Program. And I was going to go down, but then it ended up being delayed like two weeks. Um, and it just didn't work out like when for the delay. That's that's the one thing. No. You have to be able to give, be able to have all this time. I mean, ideally, yeah, it'll launch exactly when it's supposed to, but you know how it is. It can change. Uh, the um, weather yeah. and, yeah, and or technical, last minute technical issues. And there's, that's, uh, that was the issue. That was the big issue. And, Man. Uh, but I'm excited. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make, we'll make one happen. Maybe we'll do it in Spanish. Oh, for sure. That would be really cool. I, I'm so, I would be so funny if um, the one you were supposed to go to is one that I might have gone to because two of the three launches that I went to specifically through NASA socials ended up getting postponed by a few weeks. And I remember I like, I lost flights. I've had to change yeah. hotels, everything like that. And, um, and, and it's really tough, especially if you have like, you know, a normal work week. Um, Cause yeah, rock, rocket launches will get postponed all the time, but we'll, 
I'll have to find a time where, where you can at least catch one because um, they're just they're super cool. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it happen. And before you open up the audience, I have a question for you. Whenever it's my turn. Yo, yeah, go for it. I was just about to. So funny. You must be. Yeah, I, I just clicked on edit room. So let me not edit that real quick. And what is okay. your question? Okay. <laughs> I have a question for you. So, um, what is it, or what do you? What do you see us taking? This is a question. This is a kind of a mind game that I play myself as to what we, what we, will, what will humanity be like a thousand years from now uh, when we go off to space? What do you think? It's the one thing, or what do you hope will be the one thing that we take with us to the stars? Hmm. I think. Uh, let's see. So, so first, I'll answer the first section, which is what I think it'll be like in about a thousand years when we when we travel uh just yeah to to either another planet i think that um i think we're, we're gonna start to see a lot of like an acceleration in technology advancement uh, mm-hmm. we've already seen that just over the past like you know 20 years has been quite a lot and it seems to be even accelerating faster but i think that anytime there's been a some type of launch of whether it's like the Hubble Space Telescope or sending people to space, there's been a huge increase in uh, kind of like technological awareness. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's been a lot of development and a lot of it's accidental. So I think that when we start having to live on another planet and having to survive under totally different conditions, what's going to result from that are going to be some really epic advancements. What I hope that we'll take with us um, will be sort of a, a sense of like, I hope that we start to develop a little bit more of a sense of unity worldwide. I think that, 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 that is there at, to some extent, um, for some individuals, I wouldn't say everyone, unfortunately around the world, um, as far as oneness goes, um, meaning like the human species is a collective, yeah. Yeah. um, and so I hope that we would sort of take that with us, meaning like when we go, we're going to consider all different roles, all different uh, like types of like looking at the different kinds of government, the different kinds of culture, the different kinds of technology, the different kinds of ways of doing things. Because I think that worldwide, if you've ever lived in another country before um, or multiple different countries before that you were they. English is not their first language or you don't speak what their first language is. It is such a an incredible experience. And so I think that to, to sort of absorb that, that, that those differences that we all share as humanity, if we take that and use that as our strength when we go to another planet, um, I think that will really start to, I, I hope, almost transform and accelerate some of the ways that we do things uh, on Earth. Um, I know that can sound a little bit abstract. Uh, I know I'm not being super specific. I guess it's a little bit more of philosophy. Um, but I, I, th- I just think that there's so much uniqueness that we we don't recognize all the time being on Earth because of yeah. um, because we haven't stepped away from it. Uh, it's kind yeah. of like 
the idea of being homesick when you leave your home and, and, you know, maybe you take that for granted. You don't realize how much you really love, like the comfort of like, you know, a hug from your mom or like, you know, being in your, in your bed where it's comfortable and warm until you actually like, you know, are, are sleeping on a bunk bed in a tiny little room with like five other people in another country that English isn't the first language. And I'm talking from like a modeling experience, but like, you know, and, and it's, and it's really incredible and you'll realize like, wow. And so I think it's gonna be a similar realization when people live in very uncomfortable situations on another planet. Right. It's kind of a long answer, but I, yeah. I love that question. That's such a great question. No, I, I, I love the philosophical aspect of it. And that's really what I was, I was looking for. Cause those are, those are usually the answers that I come, come down to as well. Um, and it's really, what would be your answer? For me, it's a, it's a little along the lines of the oneness perspective, but it's a, I, I come at it from, I view, so I don't know how many other languages you've spoken. I'm sure with your modeling and with other things, you've probably heard so many languages, but one, one common thread that I, I tend to hear in a lot of languages is the familial terms. So things like father or mm-hmm. dada or mama, abba, papa, these, these words, those particular words are so similar in so many languages. And I feel like that's something that there's so much that divides us and so much hate in the world. Uh, but if we really kind of look at each other at the, at our core, we're so similar, we're so similar. And, and yet we let really nonsensical things kind of divide us. And I would love as our language translates, as we become hopefully more of a unified civilization, as we travel into space that are, that we take, those those words that we have for the things that we all understand that love that you have for like your, your familial love for parents and and for children that i would love to see how that translates how, how keep that word the same you know very similar a thousand years from now so that if you had a time traveler then now or ten thousand years from now they would always be able to know when there was a familial connection between people because i think that that at our core is is what makes us very unique as a species Wow. That's, that's so um, great. I think especially too, for if, if, and, or when we ever come in contact with an alien civilization. Um, I, I mean, I think at first they'll probably just be in a smaller form of like microorganisms, but if we ever did come across something that was an intelligent civilization, uh, meaning that they're able to communicate uh, beyond, you know, communicate with each other, communicate beyond Earth as well, uh, and understand some aspect of like the physical laws of science. Uh, that's going to be something really important. Um, I think that can be explained without any form of language. So yeah. I, I love that you said that. Yeah. That's so great. Wow. Well, thank you for that question, Jose. I didn't expect you to ask me a question. That was, that well, was awesome. Well, I'm, we're a team, you know. This is, this is you know, we gotta go. A little give and take, my friend. A little give and take. Yeah, no, that, that's so awesome. Um, so I just went ahead and opened up the room to our our listeners. So if um, anyone wants to call in, um, you can just go ahead and tap the call in button below, um, and then you'll be listed up in our queue. Uh, so if you wanted to ask any questions to our Dr. Intergalactic here, um, you can do that. Um, or if you want to maybe share your story. Um, so I'll give everyone just a moment. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do a short music break. I'm just going to do about 10, 15 seconds if maybe we all want to grab a sip of water. And then um, if you wanted to come up with a question to ask, 
You can do that in about 15 to 20 seconds. Alrighty, let's go ahead and pause that music. Um, so if uh, anyone wanted to join, um, once again, you can just click the call in button and ask any question. Um, otherwise, I hope you enjoyed um, this episode. Looks like we have a caller. Awesome, Mario. All right. So Mario, just went ahead and queued you in if you want to unmute yourself and say hello. Hi. Hi. Yes. Hi. Hello, Mario. How's it going? So have you called in? Oh, well, it's, it's going great, you know. It's a clean day for me, you know, so yeah, I'm going to listen to this in the background. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so you got any question for our guest today? So well, I, I just want to say, just, wow. Like, like this is has to be one of the best of those space stuff. And on top of that, I think this has just become one of my favorite pieces of space-related media ever. Like, it's, like, so many things resonate with me, you know, discussions, you know, of, like, the importance of, you know, fighting all, all of these, um, um all, all of these, you know, isms and, and STEM, and it just resonates with me, and it's, you know, a conversation that I really needed to hear, because it's a conversation that really isn't had enough, and I like hearing it as someone that's been, you know, at the, at the wrong end of the stick of that, so I really appreciate this conversation that's happening. Oh. Thank that's you. That's so good to hear. That's awesome. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've been on the wrong end of the stick of that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, wish... I'm sure you know you both have. You know, it sucks and it needs to change. But yeah, no, man. But yeah. I mean, it, yeah, a lot. Just because other people have been there, it doesn't it doesn't invalidate your experience and your feelings. Um, quite the opposite. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And that's it's very important that we we have these conversations. And that's. And I mean, and that kudos goes to Athena and the amazing work that she's doing with, you know, the impact that she's having in the world. And she's bringing these things to light and she's working on these things. And that's why I think it's it's important in in this environment that, you know, we share with each other, not just our highlights, but, you know, the things that we all struggle with because things aren't perfect. You know, but what we're constantly trying to do is be a little bit better than we were yesterday. Right. And try to bring a little bit more light into it. So. I'm happy to happy to know you, Mario, and happy to be a part of your cleaning day. Um, yeah, which yeah. now you're making me feel bad because now I have to go clean probably. So yeah. thanks. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and, and Mario, um, by the way, um, Jose, um, Mario and I actually, we got to meet in LA. Um, so he's also known as Mario Marsman, I believe, on Instagram, and oh, cool. just. So incredible, um, such an incredible individual and so inspired by the red planet. We, we shared our stories on the first episode on Space Talk and we had a very similar uh, story where I was introduced by a book of images taken by the Hubble Space Telescope and he was introduced 
by a book um, all about the planet Mars. And so um, we, we both have had a very similar kind of also history with when it came to college and university. And we both sort of went down this this path where we, we took a break from school and uh, felt like, you know, torn, uh, kind of put at like a crossroads. Um, so with that being said, and I know, Mario, you're, you're, you're back in school, so, uh, you know, it's, it's totally up to you oh, if you want to share any of your story. But I just want to say that you have such a unique and incredible story. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a lot more almost common for for a lot of of people to sort of go through a similar um, path of almost uncertainty and finding our way to what um, what our passion is and what we want to like do and, and how we want to impact the world. Uh, so I think that that's a really valuable thing to share um, as well. So I don't know if you want to throw in anything else um, about that, Mario, but just wanted, just wanted to, to throw that in there real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So um, a little, you know, TLDR for uh, a little TLDR is... Um, Previously, I was a, a student at UCLA, and I was absolutely elated when I got into it. And I got into for for the major of astrophysics. It was great. I loved it. But slowly, that place really grinded me down. Mm. And, you know, and I feel comfortable sharing this on, on this talk, the conversation that we had. When I dropped out, I told my friends, oh, I know, I'm struggling with classes, you know, I, I can't pass. And if it was just that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that because, you know, we mm-hmm. all struggle with classes and there are ways out of it. But, I mean, I ended up in a very unfortunate situation who, uh, so, um, I'm, I'm a Hispanic man. I'm a, I'm a child of, of Mexican parents and, um, they're, they're immigrants here and they worked hard for me. I owe them so much. They, I have lived a very, a very privileged life because of their hard work. They've taken on so much because of me. When I got there, I mean, there's people that didn't really like that. The main message I got was, you're just here to fill in the quota. You don't deserve to be here. And that sucked. And it grinded me down. And I left. And so now I'm here at community college, you know. And, you know, now and people like people like you two, you know, and I see it happening. And I realize that, you know, I do have a place. There is hope for me. And you know what you said, you know, we share our stories. And you know what? I think it's really important, you know, that I... I share my story to show people that people do go through things and there and there is other people like you and so yeah it's just it's so important to me and that's you know really the the meat of my story and and you know what and why why I think it's so important to tell yeah I I'm I'm so glad um Mario yeah you did share that but I also the fact that you what that you you went you know that you're you're back in school and and going down even like just a, a totally different path and a different environment. Um, sometimes that's that's the whole point of what I think upper like higher education and 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 uh, colleges is like we are the the ones who would be choosing where we want to go to school. You know, and a lot of times it's supposed to be the other way around as as if we like you know put on this like our our best. Um, like performance and our best interview and our best essay writing and everything like that to try and, um, you know, impress the college. But at the end of the day, the college is the one that's supplying the education to us. And so I think that, you know, um, we always have to sort of like 
be aware and sense sort of that environment that's around us. And uh, like for, for me, I've realized that doing online schooling has been so much more like widely beneficial for me a lot of times than, than being in classroom. But that doesn't work like that for everybody. And so I like that at least we have these different varieties and that the fact that we can recognize when we, uh, you know, when we do that and like kind of the we're, we're like where we want to go down. Um, and so, yeah, so I just just wanted to, to say that as, as far as, um, you know, the fact that, that you're back in now, which is like really epic uh, and, you know, staying involved also just in. Uh, yeah. And, and I mean, in things like like this podcast and, and maybe like, you know, reaching out to like at Astra Media and, and chatting a little bit about like how you can get involved in outreach. I think that would just be so incredible there's so much out there now and we have the internet at our fingertips and how we can all be connected so um i'm, I'm glad i'm glad you hopped on here um did, did you jose did you want to say anything else or mario uh does jose want to say anything i'll just add i'll just add to uh, a thing is that thank you for sharing that mario and 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 that's the thing man like a, there's so there's so many there's so many people and so much that's fighting, you know, against trying to you know, increase diversity and increase the the opportunities for everybody. That's but that's why it takes a village to fight back against it, um, and doing it in a positive way, right? Um, with cr- uh, creating awesome content like this podcast or like the Astro Athens Instagram or. Uh, like some of the content that we're trying to create, like just showing inclusivity and showing openness. And and the beautiful thing about what you shared is that, you know, you didn't let it define you. It will always be a part of you. And, and that's something to remember because you want to pay that forward, right? When you see others that are going through something similar, now you'll be able to relate to them. And, and once you're in a position to help, then you'll be able to help them when you're ready to help them. But you didn't let it define you. It's always a part of you, and those traumas will always be a part of us. Um, but it doesn't have to define us. It's it's a part of our story, but it's not the end of our story. Um, and so that's that's a beautiful thing that you're you're back at it and you're moving forward, and and you didn't let it hold you back. And that's that's important. Yeah. So so well said. Um, so I'll well say. said. I'm I'm almost in tears right now. So yeah, it's. I remember, I'm aware of that. So yeah, it's, I get, I get what you mean. You know, it's, you know, it's just, I, I don't dwell on it, but I, but it did happen and, you know, and it's, and that's just, that's one of the things that I had to learn while in college. I, I was, I had to accept that the way that this world was, but not to let, let it change me. Just, yeah. Yeah. Plus- that's the beautiful thing of creating, right? People ask, like, yeah. what are you doing? And I tell them, I have a 15-year-old and um, <clears throat> co-parent with with his mom, with with my ex. But he, um, you know, the kids these days they play Roblox or they play or they play Fortnite or they play Minecraft, and they're world building, right? And and really, we that it's in, it's innate in us, and that's what we can get to do. You can world build. You can build the world that you want to see and build it the way it should be, the way you view that it should be. Um, whatever that's true for you. So that's what we're all trying to do in our own little circles, you know, build and try to make the, our little section just a little bit better. Let's world build. I love that. Let's engineer our future. That is so good. (laughs) Snaps to that. That was awesome. (laughs) 
Oh, awesome. All right. Um, well, Mario, thank you so much um, for, for hopping on. Um, I, I know that you're like, yeah, you, you, you do listen a lot of times on Space Talk, and I'm always so happy every time I see your name pop up. Um, so thank, thank you so you, much. Yeah. Uh, and have fun with the rest of, rest of the cleaning. That reminds yeah. me, I got to clean too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Uh, oh, and one more thing. Uh, yeah. Athena, Athena, your Spanish was really well. Yes. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we win. We win. gracias. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, uh, how, how would I would I say to would it be like just hombres for men, or would I just say like mi amigos? Yeah, muchísimas gracias, mi amigos. That that would be proper. Yeah. Oh, thanks, guys. Also, Mario, yeah, once again, thank you so much. Um, feel free to to call in anytime um, on any future episode on Space Talk. Thank you. I'll be sure to do that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Alrighty. Okay. So, um, Jose, well, I think that this ended up being a really awesome episode. You you made um, this, yeah, just first of all, being the first guest here on Space Talk. Um, also, the longest episode we've ever had here on Space Talk. I love this. We're at an hour and 12 minutes. This is so awesome. Uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, I'm, I'm just learning so much about you. So thank you again um, for, for taking the time to come on here and to chat with us and, and share with all of us about your story and what you're doing and how also people can get involved too. Well, thank you so much, Athena. I really, I don't take it for granted. Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for the opportunity to come on. Of course. Um, and so I will share um, all of the, the links um, for also your, your upcoming book. So you've got that that's coming out soon. And then um, how everyone can get involved, learn about Ad Astra Media, uh, learn about the, the first woman. I have a ton of different links actually here. I'm looking at them right <laughs> now. Um, and do you have by chance an, an estimated date for Heroes and Heroines coming up? Oh, that'll sometime in, sometime in the summer. Sometime in the okay. summer. Okay. So we'll still work on it. But we, we have a new episode of the comic coming out every week, uh, and then we have a new kids' book coming out about every other month. And again, they're in so many different languages, so it's for so many so many folks. And we're just going to have so much content and so much stuff coming out in the next year. So just stay tuned to our socials, uh, stay tuned to our website, and, um, and follow and support however you can. All right. That sounds good. Um, I think, yeah, thank you again for, for coming on here and, and sharing everything. Um, I'll make sure to, to share all of that in the bio and then I'll, I'll double check with you, make sure I don't forget anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, but that, that's about everything. So Jose, thank you so much again, Dr. Intergalactic. Uh, you were such an inspiration to everyone on here. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I look forward to, to chatting again sometime in the future. Maybe we'll have a Spanish space talk. We better. We better. I'm holding you to it, Miss Athena. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, Ad Astra.